Welcome to Main Menu for the week of June 1st through June 7, 2012. I'm your host, David Tanner, and glad that you can be with us today on Main Menu. We always are glad to have you with us here on Main Menu, whether you're a returning listener or whether you are a new listener and this is your first time with us on Main Menu. This week we have quite a show lined up for you, and we hope that as you start your summer out that this will be a good way to kick off your summer with a main menu special presentation as we present some of the new products from Hemis Inc. And we will have two major segments in this program that will run right together. First will be Chase Crisman, our executive producer, and he will be interviewing Jenny Axler from Hems, and they will be talking about the new braille sense the braille sense u2 not be confused with the youtube and then that will be followed immediately by main menu staff member mary emerson and mary will be demonstrating the braille edge which she just purchased recently and she'll be telling you all about it and demonstrating it for you and that's all today here on main menu Pre-registration for the 2012 ACB Conference and Convention is just around the corner. Pre-register for the first ACB Leadership Institute, a day of growth and leadership training, on July 6, 2012. This day-long workshop is designed to give emerging leaders within local, state, and special interest affiliates tools to inspire confident leadership. You will learn about everything from running effective meetings and improving communication skills to effective fundraising techniques and funds management. Members of ACB affiliates may apply to take part in this unique opportunity. The session is limited to 50 persons. If you are someone who wants to take a greater role in ACB or one of its affiliates, but don't know where to start, or if you aren't sure just what to do, this workshop is absolutely for you. Attendees will become the backbone of the Leadership Institute and will be encouraged to share similar training in their home area. Attendance is limited to 50 persons, so be sure to pre-register for this fabulous opportunity. The cost is $50 per person, which includes lunch and all training materials. Make your plans now to join us in Louisville, Kentucky on July 6th at the Galt House Hotel for the first Leadership Institute of the American Council of the Blind. For further information about this groundbreaking opportunity, please contact Burl Colley, Chair of the Leadership Institute Committee, at blc0901 at comcast.net or call 360-438-0072. Hello, Main Menu listeners. This is Chase Crispin, and I'm visiting today with Jenny Axler from Hims, and we're going to be talking about two new products that Hims is selling that have been talked about quite a bit, and this is 
the new BrailleSense U2 note-taker and the new Braille Edge Braille display. So first of all, Jenny, I'd just like to welcome you to Main Menu. Thank you for having me. It's always great to be on Main Menu. I really love this forum, and I'm always very happy to get to present here. And we have some very exciting new products, so this is great all around. So can you just go ahead and give us an introduction to the BrailleSense U2? Because obviously the BrailleSense line has been out for quite a while, so I think people are familiar with that name. Mm-hmm. Um, the BrailleSense U2 is the successor to the BrailleSense Plus. It has 32 gigabytes of storage, which is four times what the BrailleSense Plus had. Um, it has twice the running memory at 256 megabytes of RAM. This is all for the geeks out there. Uh, it has more power. Um, we have a one gigahertz uh, mobile CPU on board. Um, we have updated the OS to CE6. It has an internal GPS, digital compass, accelerometer, and vibrate motor. It has four USB ports, three USB host, and one OTG port. We uh, support Wi-Fi, B, G, and N. We also support uh, USB 3G modems. Of course, everything is just faster, faster unzip times, faster, more reliable web navigation, improved sound quality. The media sound quality has improved. The codecs that they're using are much improved, so it really sounds great. So just huge improvements in the hardware all around um, as far as what we're doing. It, it really makes it very nice for us to put some more powerful applications in. Uh, we're going to be having a Google Maps application in 7.0 and um, you know various other things. But what this, this hardware allows us to do is to really expand on what we're doing. And it gives us a lot more power and speed and room to play with as far as building on our applications and introducing new things. So we're very excited. That's really cool because that kind of brings it up to some hardware that is more current. So it'll be able to keep up with a lot of mainstream technology. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's really the point, you know, with the GPS and compass and, um, you know, obviously the N Wi-Fi is going to make a, a big difference. Um, you know, of course, we can support um, mobile broadband use either with you know, the USB air cards, as I mentioned, or of course, you know, the things like a, a Bluetooth DUN, so a cell phone you can be used as a Bluetooth modem, or you can tether it via Wi-Fi. So, you know, we really want to make sure that we have the power and speed that um, you can use, you know, whether it's, it's with your iPad or with, you know, some other comparable device, and that you can do the same things in a completely accessible fashion. Does this have an SD card slot? It does indeed. Um, it will take up to a uh, 60, it'll take an XFAT um, SD card. Our BrailleSense Plus and our other NeoTaker models actually support up to 32 um, GB FAT32. This does support um, XFAT, so you can use a nice 64 gig card plus the 32 GB internal, and you've got you know 96 gig right there, you know, in the device. So wow. it's really really great for storing all kinds of music and and. Uh, TV shows, I actually have ripped several DVDs and I actually have TV shows on my YouTube. It's nice to actually have room to store that because we do actually, our media player supports playing the audio of video files. So, but it's not really something you want to put on a note taker when you've only got eight gig because, you know, it's even a ripped DVD can be, you know, a couple of gigs. So it's, it's really cool. I actually feel like I have the room to play and to put some more um, media on this and longer things like the Harry Potter audiobooks and things like that. So I'm really excited about the storage. That is really cool. The biggest thing that I've been wondering about the U2 is does it look and feel like the BrailleSense Plus? Is it about the same size and same shape? Mm -hmm. That's a very good question. And actually, it is very similar in many ways. It looks very, very similar. 
Um, now, one thing we have not mentioned, we do have a QWERTY model coming out as well that is going to have all of these same specifications. And this model is going to be available, I'm going to think, maybe around convention time. We don't have an exact release date, but I think that's um, a pretty good estimation. It should be pretty close by then. But that model looks very different. Um, as you may know, the BrailleSense Plus and BrailleSense Plus QWERTY look exactly the same except for the keyboard on the top. The U2 QWERTY actually looks very different. And part of the reason is that it has a much larger, more comfortable keyboard. Um, so it is very slim. It's not as thick. It's not as boxy, very thin, and it's deeper from front to back to accommodate that extra keyboard space. And then, of course, the, the orientation for that then is a little bit different. Things are placed um, differently, like all the USB ports run down a little panel on one side. Um, so, again, the orientation is a bit different. But it does have all of the same specifications. It just um, has a very different look to it, very sleek and slim. What real display lengths are you shipping with these two units? These both have 32 cells. Um, both the QWERTY version and the uh, Perkins-style keyboard version both have 32 cells. Um, one thing I didn't mention, the Perkins-style keyboard version does also have the LCD in the center, top center of the screen. Again, this is the same as the BrailleSense Plus. Um, we also have on these units, LED lights. And these are really, really good for um, sighted people who are helping um, we have one that, that indicates Bluetooth status, one that indicates Wi-Fi status, one that indicates power status, and one that indicates GPS signal. And what's really nice about that is that, you know, if you've got a, um, an educator who is calling in um, with, you know, helping a student, they can tell me without even, you know, trying to check the status or know the commands. They can just tell me whether that's on or off. Um, it also helps, you know, remind you if you have a little bit of sight, you can see these lights and go, oh, you have something on that you may or may not need to have on, which could save battery life, um, which is another thing to mention. The battery life in these things is also much, much improved. It's about 17 hours. Um, and that's everything in mid-range. I can easily use this for a couple of days, two or three days without needing to charge it. In fact, I'm always kind of disappointed when I need to charge it because I sort of forget I have to because it goes so long without needing one. That's really great because for a lot of people, you know, who do a lot of traveling or for me, you know, I'm a student and to be able to run the, the note taker all day and then run it in the evening without having to charge it, that's, that's a big selling point right there. Oh, yeah. You could easily, easily get through a day of solid use with no problem. That's I have really no good. doubt about that. Um, I actually edited... Um, a lot of the documentation for these units on the unit itself. And I was still, you know, had Wi-Fi on and was checking email. And of course I was trying things out. So I might be in terminal mode or the Bluetooth, you know, so I was using a lot of different things, but I always had Wi-Fi and email open as well as this huge document in the word processor. And still I got that several days of, of battery life. It's quite amazing. That is excellent. So when we were talking about braille displays, are you thinking of offering other Braille display lengths, or are you pretty set on just offering 32? We don't know what, as far as other products uh, may come down the pipe that is, has not been decided yet. Not that I could talk about them if they were, but it actually has not. Okay. Uh, so I don't I don't know, um, actually, if there will be other display lengths in the U2 family. At this point, there are just the, uh, the 32 cell lengths. What made you go with the name U2? That was actually something that was decided uh, in Korea. I don't know for sure what the <laughs> what the thought is behind that, but it is a name that they chose. We like to say it's kind of like a you know the spy plane or that you know something cool. The band <laughs> we named it after the band. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people would wonder um, with with all of these new operating systems that are coming out, and obviously Microsoft is starting to move away from Windows Mobile or Windows CE. 
Have you thought about moving to an operating system that is newer than Windows CE? This is something that they're constantly considering what to do for the future. Um, and again, you know, I don't know what the answer will be as far as, um, you know, whether they will port to something else at some point. I, I would think that at some point they may have to do that. Um, I think the reason that they've stuck with CE for so long is that um, it's stable. It is, they, they have found it to be, I guess, stable in the sense that they can develop accessible applications without, you know, they, they know how to work around it. They know how to, they're able to, um, you know, keep up with development speeds. There are other um, operating systems, you know, like Android, for instance, this is this is a very popular thing. You know, people really want to be able to use Android. Um, and I understand that because of, you know, the accessibility to off the shelf uh, mainstream things, but it's been very, very difficult for those who are trying to develop with it um, to work around the accessibility issues. And so I think the reason that they've stuck with it and continued and, and decided to use CE6 is that they've been able to keep up with their development schedule to still provide some very mainstream applications like, you know, the Google Maps and Twitter and Google Talk and things like that, as well as, uh, you know, productivity things like uh, we'll also have um, we'll be able to view format characters in the word processor and password protect files in the next version. Um, and yet they're also doing things like uh, we have a bookshare search and download application. Um, and, and what I guess I'm saying here with all that is that we have managed to balance very well with our development and developing applications and features that are specific to blind people, as well as things that are needed for um, advanced productivity, as well as things for entertainment and mainstream um, communications and social networking. You know, we've really tried to balance that out and they've been able to maintain that and continue to offer a load of new features. And I think part of the reason that they've been able to do that and do it at this pace is that they have stuck with Windows CE. I don't know, again, what they'll do in future, but I, I think that that's kind of the reason why they've stuck with it so far. So you mentioned Google Maps. Can you talk a little bit more about how that's going to work on the RailSense? The Google Maps application will actually be available for um, all models except for the RailSense Classic. For the older models, if you have, uh, for the RailSense Plus, RailSense Plus, QWERTY, and VoiceSense, if you have a Bluetooth GPS receiver, you can use that to get your location. Um, but you will use Wi-Fi, very similar to something like, you know, the iPod Touch, where you're going to access the internet. Of course, if you have 3G access or you're, you know, using tethering, you can do this on the go. Um, but basically, you can create and save routes. Uh, you can search for points of interest. Um, very similar to what you could do in your Google Maps application on your iPhone. Um, so even if you don't have an internet connection on the go, you can create and save a route. So you have the step-by-step -step text directions. Um, if you do have internet on the go, you can, of course, use your GPS receiver, whether it's internal or uh, Bluetooth, and you can you can get guidance along the way and acquire your current position and um, the points of interest around you, etc. It's just a really nice built-in application that can give you some basic um, navigational abilities. But it's not a full GPS solution, correct? There again, it's it's really close if you do have mobile internet and, and GPS. Um, it will give you a lot of good stuff. But it's not sense navigation, no. Are you going to keep sense navigation? Is that going to still be available? 
Yes, absolutely, yes. Since navigation um, outdoes it as far as power and complexity, um, it's going to do a lot more things. That really is um, a full-featured GPS application, as you know. And so, of course, we're still going to have that available. This is just a free, affordable way for people to get some basic navigational features. You said that Google Maps is going to be compatible with previous BrailleSense models. So are there any software differences in the U2 for someone who's maybe looking to upgrade from the BrailleSense Plus that would make them want to go to the U2? Right now, uh, in 7.0, we managed to put all of the same software. So far, we've, we've managed to um, keep basically the same um, software in all of the models with the 7.0 build. There are things, for example, like uh, the vibrate motor. Um, so you're obviously not going to be able to use vibration alerts in uh, a unit that doesn't have that. Uh, it's the same way we have an accelerometer and you can do things like uh, shake it to roll the dice in the dice game. You know, you're, you're obviously not going to be able to do that in a unit that doesn't have that. But so far, um, the, the main features really have to do with the hardware and, of course, you really do notice the power and speed right away. And for many people, it is worth it just to have that. Now, of course, in future, that hardware is going to allow us to do things on the U2 devices probably that um, other our other note takers may not be able to handle. Um, we will, of course, continue to support all of the features that we can in the old note takers as long as we can support them. Is the U2 replacing the BrailleSense Plus and BrailleSense Plus QWERTY, are you discontinuing those? We are, yes. This this is the replacement product for those models. What about the VoiceSense and the OnHand? The VoiceSense QWERTY and the OnHand are still available. Um, and these do have the internal GPS and compass. They do have um, smaller amounts of storage. And of course, they're smaller units. They're much, much more portable units. But these are, are still not... Um, all that obsolete yet. So, you know, we are continuing to um, sell those models. Okay. So this is just replacing the two BrailleSense Plus models. That's correct. Okay. What are you looking at for a price point for the BrailleSense U2? It will be the same as the current BrailleSense Plus. So it will be $59.95. Is that what the QWERTY model is going to be as well? Or do you not know that? Yep. Um, yes, they will be the same price. And we are currently offering trade-ins. Um, Right now, our trade-ins, uh, the current trade-in promotion goes until June 30th. And so we do offer um, $1,200 uh, trade-in value toward uh, a U2 from any other BrailleSense model and 600 from any other VoiceSense model. We're also offering um, $1,000 for uh, Apex and PacMate Omni with a Braille display and 500 without Braille displays. And then for older uh, Braille notes and packmates, we're offering 800 with Braille displays and 400 with without Braille displays. All right. So um, a lot of people, you know, maybe already have a note taker or they're not looking for a note taker, but they want a Braille display so they can obviously see, you know, Braille with their computer or phone. And you guys have released a really cool new Braille display called the Braille Edge. Can you kind of introduce us to the Braille Edge? Our Braille Edge is a 40-cell Braille display with a Perkins-style keyboard. It does have some basic note-taking features. It has an SD card slot that will take up to a 32-gig SD card. Um, it has a notepad, a calculator. Uh, it has a calendar. Um, alarm clock. Um, of course, it has the terminal for screen reader. That is its its main function. Um, it also has a, uh, a countdown timer and stopwatch. So these are the um, internal standalone applications that it also has. The notepad is a little bit more basic than what you're going to find in a note taker. But as someone pointed out, it's really more synonymous with 
the word note taker. Um, it's that's more its function. It does really allow you to take notes. It's a very good memo pad. It lets you create um, braille or text files. Uh, the other great thing I think about the notepad is that you're able to read BRF files on the go. So it's really good to read books on the go. The other unique thing about the Edge is uh, the keyboard. It has various other keys in addition to the nine key Perkins style keyboard. We also have um, two four-way navigation keys. So basically two sets of arrow keys, one in each of the upper left and upper right corners of the unit. Um, it has eight function keys, and these keys are programmed to things like escape, tab, control, alt, shift, insert, windows, and applications. So what's great about this is if you're using this with JAWS and you need to do an insert J, you can actually do an insert J. You don't have to memorize all kinds of strange combinations, but you also get the intuitive um, input of your Braille keyboard that you know many Braille users really prefer to use a Braille keyboard. At the same time, on a PC, trying to emulate all those commands can be a little bit strange and you have a lot of memorization. So we've kind of tried to combine both and give you um, the function keys so that you don't have to memorize everything, but also give you that intuitive input with your Braille keyboard. It is compatible with JAWS, Windowize, um, Helen Supernova, NVDA, System Access, um, we will have compatibility with VoiceOver for the Mac with Mountain Lion, and we will have, um, hopefully in the next version of the iPhone software, we will also have um, iDevice compatibility. Uh, we also have compatibility with mobile accessibility as well as mobile speak Symbian. Does it support uh, being used with the VoiceSense? It does not currently. Um, that's a very interesting question. I don't know if, if that's going to change, but right now it does not. It does work via Bluetooth and USB. It has a rechargeable battery, 20 hours battery life. I was just, and I think I know the answer to this question, but the apps or all the little programs that come with it, like the notepad and such, do you just have to navigate those with Braille or is there some sort of speech readout in the display? Ah, there is not speech. Um, that is, it is primarily a Braille display, and so it does actually not have any TTS available in it. Um, you can choose whether to view everything in grade one or grade two. Um, but other than that, it does have a few system sounds. There, there's a tiny little speaker in the center that's that's made for system sounds. But other than that, there, it does offer nothing except when you turn it off and on. Of course, um, there is no audible feedback other than that. How does the Braille Edge compare to the size of any other 40 cell displays you've seen? I'm going to say it's a little deeper from front to back, um, only because of the added keys. And again, that depends on the display. I think it's pretty comparable. Um, most people do not, when they feel it, they think it's going to be larger. Um, when they when they see the and I know when I even heard the measurements I'm like oh I wish they could make it thinner well then I got it in my hands and I'm like no no it's really not bad at all um, especially when you think about all these keys that are available the way they've laid it out is very nice and it's very compact but yet spacious enough that you don't feel like it's crowded either um, in the same way the keyboard um, is very very comfortable. Um, so as far as how it compares, it's kind of hard to compare. Some of them are rounded, some of them are, but I guess I would not say that it measures really any larger. It might be a little deeper from front to back, but not, not in any way that's very noticeable. And it's, it's also very light. I don't think it's big at all. I have it sitting in front of my Mac and it, it really doesn't take up any space that I don't think it takes up any extraneous space. So since it's really portable, does it come with a case to allow people who want to use it on the go? to kind of carry it with them safely? Um, we have a, a case that's 
I guess you could call it a sleeve, although it's a little bit um, nicer than that. Um, it's really more of uh, a padded leather pouch that you can slide it in. Um, and it also has pockets in there for SD cards and things like that. So you can, or a USB cable, so you can actually fit all those things in this pouch with it. And if, it does have a carry strap. So um, it's very nice and protective. Um, so you can certainly take it on the go very easily, yes. I've heard um, that it comes with a CD with drivers and such, but are all the drivers, for example, for JAWS and programs that require specialized drivers, are those all shipped with it, or do you have to contact HIMS to get those drivers? No, they are all shipped with it. Um, there is a generic USB driver that works with just about every other screen reader um, other than JAWS, and then there is a specific uh, USB driver for JAWS itself, and they are both included on the CD as well as as uh, the documentation, a quick start guide and the user manual are also available on the CD. And there's also, it also comes with a Braille getting started guide as well. I just have to say that, you know, I have never seen a lot of buzz about just a Braille display. Obviously we hear a lot about, you know, new note takers and such when they come out, but with the Braille Edge, I have seen a ton of uh, email messages and tweets and blog posts and stuff about the Braille Edge. People just seem to really be excited about this and really like using it. So it looks like HIMSS has definitely done something right with this display because I have heard just a ton of good things about this display from all over the internet. It's it's great to hear that and we have gotten a lot of positive feedback as well. Um, part of it is the design. People really like it. They like the keyboard. They like it. it's got a very sleek design as well. They really love the internal basic note taking features because you're right. Um, sometimes they don't want a full, you know, what we call a note taker these days. They want actually a real note taker that does, you know, <laughs> some basic functions and they might use it with a PC or um, you know, a mobile phone or something else to do some more advanced productivity type, um, you know, tasks. So this is really perfect for them because you don't always want to use it as a terminal. You do need sometimes some basic ways to take down information in Braille really quickly, but you don't need that full featured note taker. We've got the U2 that's very powerful and fast and everything's all in one piece. But, you know, there are, again, those users that need something else. That isn't what they need. They need to be able to connect to other devices and still have some of those basic features. So it's, I think it is a unique alternative because it's been, I think thus far, it's been one or the other. You either have the full featured note taker or you have only the Braille terminal. And so we've kind of offered something in the middle that gives you a little bit of both worlds. Have you looked at offering either a smaller or a bigger version of the Braille Edge, like 20 cells or 80 cells for people who want different sizes? Um, you know, we've had a lot of requests and um, questions about a 20, and I think that people are thinking to use with mobile devices. You know, again, these are we're just now launching our Braille Edge and our, our U2, so, you know, as far as future product development, I, I don't think a lot of that has been decided yet as far as, you know, what may be coming down the pipe. But yeah, we certainly have had a lot of, of questions about, do you have a 20 cell or an 18 cell? So, I don't know, it's something to consider. All right, what is the price point for the Braille Edge? $29.95. One thing I didn't mention, it does come with a 2 gig SD card as well and, and a USB cable. Um, we were talking about what it came with earlier. So it does. you do actually get an SD card to get started with your documents and things right away. So that's also really good. Well, before we wrap this up, are there any other comments you'd like to make or anything else you'd like to tell us about? Well, I guess just to watch for version 7.0 for those who um, already have BrailleSense um, note takers and, and VoiceSense note takers. That should be coming very, very soon. Um, 
as I said, we'll have the Google Maps application, the Bookshare search and download application, which is really fabulous. Um, we're also going to be supporting IMAP email. Um, there will be an email viewer in the file manager that will allow you to open emails directly from the file manager. Uh, we will have file protection, um, password protected files in the word processor. You'll also be able to view formatting in .doc and .docs files. Uh, a lot of people have been requesting a word count feature. Yes, we did finally put that in, guys. So um, a lot of really great things coming up um, in 7.0. We're also going to be supporting, uh, we already support English and Spanish. Um, we will be adding support for Italian, French, and German rewrite support. And of course, the, the uh, French and Italian dictionaries then will also be available. Um, so yeah, I, I watch for that. It should be coming. We really hope in the next week or so, we're just really trying to iron out some last minute things in beta. So as soon as we can get it ready, it'll be available. But of course, we don't want to release it until it's ready. So where can people go to find out more info about these products or to see when version 7 is released? You can visit our website at www.hims-inc.com. It's H-I-M-S-I-N-C.com. And we are in the process of updating that website. So there are a few things that are not there yet. Um, we're changing web platforms. So be assured that it will be updated as soon as we can get that done. Everything, uh, you know, as far as, um, as far as new documentation and downloads and things like that. So um, if you have questions or you can't find what you need, please feel free to call us at 888-520-4467 um, or email um, sales at hymns-inc.com or support at hymns-inc.com. And we will certainly get you what you need if you need information. And of course, we're happy to talk to you and um, tell you anything you would like to know about our products, answer your questions, um, you know, whatever we can do. Um, we do have a news list. Uh, you can access that under our resource center on our website. Uh, the news list will give you all of the announcements that, so as far as a release is, is concerned or when new products are released and things like that, that will be um, announced on that list. There is also a news section on our website that will have the newest news articles. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. We have a Facebook page as well. So, um, you know, feel free to keep up with us that way. And um, so we've got all kinds of different ways that you can find out what's going on. But everything, you should be able to get all the newest information in any one of those ways. That sounds great. These are both, as I said earlier, products that I'm hearing a lot of good things about. And people seem really interested in these. So, Jenny, I'd like to thank you for coming on to Main Menu today and talking with us. It's been great talking to you and learning some more about these two new products. All right, thanks for having me. We will now go into a demo of the Braille Edge that you've been hearing about, thanks to Mary Emerson of the Main Menu team. Hi everybody, this is Mary Emerson, and I'm gonna to talk to you today about the Braille Edge 40, which is a Braille display. And by the way, the word Edge is all caps. Cap E, Cap D, Cap G, Cap E. And this is a display that I got just a couple of days ago. It is May the 26th as I talk to you, and the dimensions are about a foot long and about four inches wide, and it's a very flat display. It's less than an inch thick. I would say it was just a little bit more than half an inch thick, and I've never seen a display this thin and sleek looking. There is a serial number in Braille on the underside of the device, and it's near the right edge. 
So if you turn the device over, you will see the serial number starting on the back edge. A couple inches in from the upper left corner is a reset button. And this is what you push if something goes wrong and the display doesn't respond. This display runs when it's not plugged into the PC on Microsoft Windows CE version 5. It has a lithium battery that will last 20 hours without being connected to a PC or an AC adapter. You can use both to power the device. It has a Samsung CPU and it has 128 meg of memory. If it runs into some type of problems while it's running an application, you would push this reset button. On the off chance that the reset button doesn't work, there's a shutdown button which is clear to the right edge and you would have to use a toothpick or something very thin to reach this button because it has a very very tiny opening and they warn you in the manual that you have to be really careful when you push this button because you might push it too hard or damage it so this is really a last resort what it does is it completely resets the device to the factory defaults on the right edge we have a couple of things the first thing you see as you go down towards you on the right edge is the AC adapter and this is a small round jack. Below that toward the bottom of the right edge is the mini port for the USB cable. The cable is quite short. And then going along the front edge what you'll see is a power button. This is kind of in the way. I'm surprised that they put it where they did because your thumb could easily fit right into this button and turn this thing off. If you forget to push the power button when you're connected to the PC and you turn your PC on, this device will awaken anyway and it will turn itself on when the PC comes up. On the left edge going up, first of all we have a slide switch in the down position it turns off Bluetooth. In the up position it turns it on and above the slide switch up near the corner is an SD card slot and this device comes with a 2 gig card. On the top, on the left and the right near the edges, kind of in the upper left and upper right corner on the top surface, there is a set of four keys in a circle. There is one circle on the left and one circle on the right. They are arrow keys, up, down, left, and right, and they are totally separate buttons. Above the right navigation set are two LED lights, and they show you the status of the Bluetooth, and I think the other one is power status. Then we have the Perkins keyboard, which is eight keys, and these are in between the left and the right navigation circles. To the right of dot one and to the left of dot four, there is a little tiny speaker so that if you have this thing set to play sounds when you turn on the machine or when you reach the end of a menu or something, it'll make sounds. And you can turn the sounds off. There's a main menu that you can activate when this machine is unplugged from a USB cable. That's the first row. Down below that is the space bar. It's kind of centered and it's centered between dot one and dot four. It's a little bit close to the other keys and that's something you have to get used to. To the left of the space bar are two groups of two buttons and there's another set of two groups of two buttons to the right of the space bar and these are modifier keys. From left to right we have 
Escape, Tab, Control, Alt, and then the space bar. Shift, Insert, Windows key or Start key, and Applications or Context menu key. There are some keys that are not on here, and there are key combinations to accommodate these, home and end, and the function keys F1 through F12, and others that are not on this display. Below these keys, there is a set of seven raised dots, and these dots line up with every fifth routing button. There's a raised dot above the fifth, tenth, fifteenth, twentieth, twenty-fifth, 30th and 35th routing button. The row of routing buttons is just below the braille dots and below the routing buttons is the display. Very close to the bottom edge, there's probably about three quarters of an inch between the dot three on a braille cell and the edge of the display. Beside cell one and beside cell 40, there is a set of two buttons, one above the other. And depending on the application that you're in, one set of buttons moves you across a line of braille. The down button moves you forward through the braille display line, and the upper button moves you to the left, so you pan left. On the other side, the other set of two buttons will move up or down a line. Sometimes you can move through braille cells and on to the next line using one or the other sets of buttons, so it really isn't too consistent, but it does work. Now I'm going to tell you what's in the package, and I'm actually looking at the braille quick reference guide to let you know what's in here so that I don't leave something out. It comes with a grade 2 braille reference guide quick reference, and this is a little booklet. It's eight inches long and four inches wide. It's about the size of a half sheet of eight by 11 braille paper. And it's a little 28 page booklet. This comes in the box with the braille display. You also get an AC adapter, which is a one piece adapter with a cable attached to the wall wart. This is not one of those that comes in two or three parts where you have to assemble it. Then it comes with a rather short USB cable and it also comes with a gender changer, a gender adapter, or some people have called them gender benders. This is included because they suggest that you hook up a USB mouse directly to the Braille Edge 40 while it is unplugged from the PC because it's supposed to help you navigate around a little easier. However, the disadvantage, of course, is that the mouse is just another piece of equipment that you would have to deal with. So I don't know how many people are going to be using this, but the gender changer is a very short little cable. One end plugs into a standard USB plug on the mouse, and the other end plugs into the mini jack of your rail edge. It also comes with an SD card, an empty 2 gig card, there's nothing on it. And you'll also get a very nice carrying case, but this carrying case is, I suspect, intended for travel and not to keep the device in because you can't really use it when it's in the carrying case. There's a set of rings on the outside so you can attach the shoulder strap, which is included in the case. And the case has zippers. The top opens, but the sides don't. So what you've got inside the case is two little pockets for extra accessories and stuff. They're very small pockets, though. 
And then there's a section beyond those little pockets. And then on the opposite wall of the case, there is a Velcro-attached piece that comes unfastened, and you put the device in that compartment that opens up. It has extra padding in there, and then the Velcro keeps it in place. There's no Velcro or anything on the display itself. You just slide it in there, and then you fasten the Velcro closure on the case itself. And then there's a documentation CD, and this contains the quick reference in electronic format in Word and in text, and also the user manual in electronic format in Word and in text. There is also a generic driver, but I found that I didn't need it. I contacted tech support, and Jenny sent me a copy of the JAWS driver, and that's what I installed, and that's all that I really needed. Now I'm going to tell you a little about installing the driver. It was fairly straightforward, except once it got to the point where it said, please wait, I waited a few minutes, and I thought this thing isn't doing anything, so I started to alt-tab, and I came to a security window, so I just tabbed and found the Install It Anyway button. I'm running Windows 7, by the way. I know it works differently in XP and previous versions of Windows. That's what will slow you down. If you don't remember to look for that security item, then it will sit there forever. So once you get past that, then it only takes about 30 seconds to install the driver. It's very, very quick. And what you have is a wizard and you have a setup program and you first push finished on the installation wizard and then you push finished on the setup program and it will close out and then you have to restart your screen reader some screen readers will work differently the manual talks a bit about window eyes I'm looking at the manual right now and I'll tell you which screen readers and devices are supported JAWS Window eyes. There's a lot more about window eyes in the manual than there is about other screen readers, but there is a little section about JAWS. And by the way, the installation instructions are probably for an XP machine because I didn't have any problems once I got past that security thing and it installed just fine. And then when I plugged in the device, it found it immediately. It didn't do what XP usually does, which is where do you want to search for the driver and all that kind of thing. Windows 7 just instantly recognized it. But I did have to restart JAWS to get it to work. Anyway, it also supports Supernova, System Access, VoiceOver. This has a section in the manual and it doesn't give any version numbers for Apple products. It also says Mobile Speak from Code Factory and Talks and Zooms from Nuance. It talks a bit about how to set up Bluetooth. You have to set up Bluetooth on your computer or on your other device before you can get it to work with this device. It has a battery. It will not turn itself off when you turn your PC off. So you have to remember to turn the power off on the Braille Edge, otherwise you're going to run your battery down. And this is something that I think people could forget, and then they might want to use it away from the PC and then discover that their battery is not charged. There's one little snag that I ran into, and I've alerted tech support about this. If you have an administrator account on Windows 7, if you're using JAWS, you can set up JAWS to start twice. JAWS will start up if you tell it to, 
during the logon process, and then it will start up again as it does with standard accounts after logon. And I had my JAWS set up so that it would start up the logon screen. When it started the second time, apparently the Braille Edge driver had forgotten that although it knew that the Braille Edge was the JAWS default device, it didn't know that it was the primary one. So the second time that it came up, when JAWS started, it said there was no display. Well, there was a display there, but there was no Braille. So to get around this, what I ended up doing was turning off starting JAWS at logon, and then I had the window sound play, which would tell me that I had to log on, and then JAWS would start immediately after that. So it's a workaround, and I've left it up to HIMSS US tech support so that they can decide what to do with this. And a couple of general comments about the display before I get to the applications. The dot firmness is really, really noticeable on this display. I generally keep it at 100, although I could probably get away with keeping it at about 75. The lower the percentage that you choose, the closer the dots are to the surface of the display itself. So when you set it to 100, the dots are higher up off the surface of the display and they're very, very firm. If you set it to zero or anything, I guess lower than about 25, the Braille is very soft and kind of spongy to the touch. So if you want firm Braille, then in JAWS you would set dot firmness to probably somewhere above 50. The Braille is just beautiful. It's excellent. It's clear, especially when you contrast it with the top surface, which has kind of a polished feel to it. The design of the device is such that if you use your PC keyboard to do a lot of key combinations for your screen reader, then you can take that information and use it with the Braille Edge. If you use a control key on your PC with a letter or something, control, alt, something, you can push the control and alt on the Braille Edge and use the letter with that or the number with that. One example is Alt-Tab, which I use all the time for different things. You can do that on the Braille keyboard if you have it set up with a Bluetooth connection to your PC or if you are connected to your PC and you want to use the display instead of your keyboard to move around. You will have to learn home and end and some other things. F1 through F12 have their own particular key combinations but it's very consistent. Many of the key combinations, for example, going up to the top of the window, many of these are very similar to Keysoft. This is one of the main reasons why I got this device. I didn't want to have to learn a whole bunch of new keystrokes. So you won't see a big long list of keystrokes with this. You'll see a section that will say something like keys to use with a screen reader. And these key combinations are consistent for all of the screen readers there might be a few exceptions for some of the items that are listed in the book, but generally you don't need to learn a lot of new stuff. It's the next day and I have the display disconnected from the PC and it's sitting in my lap. And you'll be hearing sounds throughout this presentation because I wanted to show you what it sounds like when it turns on and off. There are various little alert sounds that come through the little tiny speaker on the display. But remember, this is exclusively a Braille device. There's no built-in speech synthesis or anything like that. 
And the only function of the speaker is to make the little alert sounds. I don't usually keep them on, but for this presentation, I wanted to show you what it sounds like when you turn it on and off. Also, there is more than one way to navigate through the different options. You can use keystrokes that are very similar to Keysoft, or you can use the arrow circles that are on the right edge or the left edge. And it's great they've got it on the left edge because you can read Braille as you are going through the various options. There is a main menu, and this is a global menu. It has various options within it, and I'm going to show you what those are right away. And then we'll go in and we will work with one of the little applications just so you can hear the sound. And remember, these sounds are not loud. They're just there to give you an indication of what's going on. And there are alarm sounds, but they're not adjustable. You just get the same sound, at least for the timer. And that's what I've been using, the little countdown timer. Remember also, this is not a multitasking machine. You can only use these applications when you are detached from the PC. And you can't run two applications at a time. You have to exit one before you can start another. That's true even if you've got terminal mode turned on. You have to exit terminal mode before you can get into something else. So with that, I'm going to hold the machine up to the recorder and turn on the power. Okay, and we are in terminal for screen reader. We're on that for the main menu. I'm going to go up to the beginning, and when I get past the top or the bottom, it makes this sound which you may not have been able to hear, but that's the sound it makes. So the main menu consists of items which are listed, and there is a shortcut key in parentheses beside the item. You can turn that off so that you don't see the shortcut if you don't want to. The default is on. First item is notepad, and you have to have an SD card inside the machine to use the notepad. It's a basic editor. Arrowing down, we have terminal for screen reader. Next item is applications, and I'm going to show you what's in those in a minute. Options, I'll show you that also. And information, this gives you information such as your power status, your Bluetooth status, and all that. And this is the last item. So we're going to go back up to applications, because I want to right arrow and show you that. I'm pushing right arrow. First thing is calculator. This is just a basic arithmetic calculator. doesn't have anything fancy or anything in it. Alarm, date and time, and you can set the date and time. They even have a little checkbox for daylight savings time. You can turn it on and off without having to change the entire clock setting. It would be nice if you could set the clock from the internet, but you can't do that. You have to set the time yourself. And then the stopwatch is next, and the countdown which is a countdown timer, and the scheduler, and the scheduler is the last thing. So while we're in here, let's go to the countdown timer, and I'm going to push right arrow, and we're in. I'm going to move the cursor to the last two numbers. We have 00, zero colon, 00, zero colon, zero, 00. This is all in computer braille. And I'm going to push the routing button above the set of last two zeros. And it's there. And I'm going to type 
one zero because I'm going to set the timer for 10 seconds. I'm holding the device up towards the recorder. I'm going to push enter to start. You can push space to pause if you want to, but for the purposes of this demo, this is how we're going to do it. And when the alarm goes off, if I don't stop it, it will keep going for a minute, but I can push any key to stop it, which I will do. So here we go. We're going to start the countdown. Six, five, four, three, two, one. I'm going to push a key and it stopped. And I'm going to get out of the application by pushing the escape button. And that says exit. And now it says countdown. And I'm going to get out of this set of applications because I think that was all I was going to show you in here. Push left arrow and that is the applications. Now I'm going to go to options and these are the global options. I'm going to push right arrow. First item is eight dot mode and then it gives a shortcut key and I have it set to off because I don't like eight dot braille. You could push the space bar and turn that on and this is true with all options. I'll be showing you some of the options here. Next item below that is view shortcut key. And you can turn this on or off. It's currently on. Next is view file info. And this is off because if I ever want to read some stuff in files, I would plug an SD card in here. And I don't want to see every bit of information about a file. I just want the file name. But you can push a space bar and turn this on. Next is startup mode, and the startup mode is currently set to main menu, and that is the default, but I'm going to show you the other options for startup. You can start up in new document, recent document. I'm just pushing spacebar to cycle through, and these all wrap, so when you get to the end of it, it goes back to the first item. Terminal for screen reader, and this doesn't fit on the screen, so I'm going to push the right set of little buttons that are beside the rail cells. I'm pushing the bottom item and it says terminal for screen reader. It all fits. I've now pushed the upper button and I'm back on to startup mode parentheses s parentheses colon terminal for screen because when you push that button it just shows you everything that is supposed to be on the screen so you see the word reader at the end of it. Press spacebar and you can start up using the calculator and then we're back to main menu again. So I'm going to leave it as it is. I'm not going to change anything. And I'm down arrowing and play sound is the option. So if I wanted to turn that on, I would. It is on. I could turn it off by pushing space. Braille grade for message. And this says computer braille. You can change that. You can change it to uncontracted braille and contracted braille. And we're back to computer braille, which is my preference. Braille table, we have English, and I'm spacing through these. UK, Spanish, French, and it says Germany. It does not say German, it says Germany. And Italian, and we're back to English. Down arrow, message display time. You can get system messages that have nothing to do with your screen reader. This is just for this device. And the default is three seconds, but we have 
four seconds, five seconds, stand by, ignore one or two seconds. Stand by means that the message will appear until you press a key and the default is three seconds. Next option is power saving mode. And this is if you want this device to go to sleep after 10 minutes. I have that turned off because I don't usually plan to use this on battery, at least not for now. Next item, backup slash restore. Now this is kind of vague because it doesn't tell you where it backs up and it will restore or back up the options, but it doesn't tell you where they are. So I suppose it's somewhere in the device, but the choices here are backup, restore, or initialize, and I'm putting it back on backup. And we're back to eight dot mode again. If I wanted to save the options, I would push enter, and I will just for fun. And it says saved options, and then it's changed to options. So we're back into the main menu. And that describes the basic functions for this device. I hope you found this interesting. If you have any questions, you would probably do well to go to the HIMSS US website because there are phone numbers up there that you can call, tech support or sales, www.himsinc.com. If you want to get in touch with me, you can use the main menu friends list if you're a subscriber to that, or you can contact me via email at Mary Emerson, M-A-R-Y-E-M-E-R-S-O-N, that's all one word, at sbcglobal.net. And along with my clock going off, I'm going to sign off. Thank you for listening. And this is Mary Emerson for Main Menu. All of us here on the Main Menu team consider your thoughts, questions, suggestions, and any other feedback that you may have very important. To interact with us on the show, you can send an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org. That's mainmenu at acbradio.org. If you would like to find past show archives and more information about Main Menu, you can visit our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. If you would like to interact with us on Twitter and see all the latest show news, you can follow us by visiting www.twitter.com slash mainmenu or by following at mainmenu. If you would like to receive show announcements in your inbox and interact with other Main Menu listeners, you can subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list by sending a blank email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. Anytime that you have any comments, questions, or suggestions that you would like us to hear, please get in touch with us. On behalf of the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today here on Main Menu. We'll look forward to seeing you back again next week. Meantime, you have a good week, and we'll see you soon.